In just a moment, we're going to look at uh, Psalm 45, but we're going to start in Genesis uh, chapter um, uh, 2, I believe it is, first of all, and we're going to pick up that creation story, and I promise we won't, that part won't be very long. We're going to just look at, real quick, you know, uh, Adam being made and created, and then Eve being created, and then the two of them had children. So I just want to take that and, and look at that for a second. There's something that is stirring my spirit right now, and, and that is I, I feel that the church, the world maybe, but certainly the church is a little bit behind in recognizing the value of the feminine spirit. And by when I say feminine, I'm not thinking of a, of a political movement. I just, the female spirit is feminine, right? So let's just look at Genesis chapter 2. Uh, and verse number, well, I'll tell you when I get there. It's verse number six. But a mist used to rise from the earth and water the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life, and man became a living being. The Lord formed man of dust. Then we're going to go over to uh, verse number 21 in chapter 2. The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on the man. He slept and he took one of his ribs, closed up the flesh at that place, and the Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought it to the, to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So God formed man from dust, from the earth, if you will. He fashioned Eve from a rib, formed man from dust, fashioned Eve from a rib. Then let's go to uh, chapter 4, verse number 1. The man had relations with his wife, Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I have gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. I have gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. So, look, you know, I'm, I get it, you know, that, that, that there was a man involved in all of this. But notice how the scripture puts the emphasis on the Lord. You know, in other words, God created a man-child where he's beginning to multiply through. So if Adam was formed from dust, Eve was fashioned from a rib, and then, then there was a child that was born out of a relationship, out of a relationship. I want you to hold that thought for a moment because I think that... Um, when we talk about the sanctity of human life, which, by the way, there are the little flyers on the back there and baby bottles that you can uh, take. They're actually to encourage giving to the pregnancy center, not to uh, feed your children with, you know. So take one of those baby bottles, put your change and your bills in there, and bring it back on Father's Day. That's what we've been doing for quite some time now. And, and when you do that, it helps the, the, the pregnancy center. So as we talk about God being 
uh, for life and pro-life, which, by the way, next Sunday, Lord willing, I'm going to do a second in the series of uh, pastoral counsel, and the pastoral counsel next week will be on protecting children, and, and I'm going to add the word all, protecting all children. So um, that will be a discussion about uh, children at risk everywhere in the world and uh, including even in the womb. So we'll talk about that, just, you know, how can, how can we counsel, how can we encourage each other? But when we talk about this, we, th- we always say that man is a, uh, a, an act or a creation of, uh, well, special creation because he, as Chris reminded us last Sunday when he taught, which, by the way, as his uh, video is doing really, really well, you know, so uh, Chris... Uh, oh, you say what it is? <laughs> I mean, so take Chris's video and share it with all of your relatives and cousins and, you know, share it, like it, and all that sort of thing. So Chris is doing very well. But when he spoke last week, he talked to us about the power of words and how that God created everything by speaking. So uh, when God spoke and created things, when it comes to man or mankind, then it's an act of special creation. He, he actually stooped over, bent down, as it were, and formed man with his hands. And I, I would like to say that when he formed Adam, that he created Adam in his image and in his likeness. It was said here several times today that God has a, a mother heart or side to him, Uh, Paul, the apostle, talks about, uh, he talks to the Thessalonians. He said, you know, I want you to remember that I was like a nursemaid to you. You know, he, so he he went out of the fatherly role, which he said, you've got all these teachers, but you don't have many fathers. So he was making, on one occasion, an appeal for fatherhood. On another occasion, now he's making an appeal for the motherly side of things. So it is, it is literally true that Adam was created in a representation form of God. He, God did not create another God. He created a man, and inside that man was the male and female potential, and not only potential, but I think spirit. So when, he, uh, when God uh, put Adam to sleep and took his rib, from that rib he fashioned a woman he had a body but a body without a spirit is not alive you know so there was a masculine and a feminine so there's a masculine and a feminine side to God and I think we would do well the church would do very well to recognize the feminine side of um, nurturing and um, I want to talk about the female spirit here in just a moment but let's just just for a moment take this thought God formed man, Adam, then he fashioned Eve from that rib, and then he bore a child through a relationship. And it's been happening the same way ever since, right? Except for in the case of Jesus, you know, the, the Holy Spirit brooded over, and, and Mary was um, uh, impregnated by the Spirit of God within her womb. So... Um, Jesus is actually literally the second Adam. So what Adam lost, Jesus regained in so many ways, but for another day, another time. 
want to take you over to Psalm 45. This is the one that rocked me. Can I just be really honest and personal because, um, well, because Rachel was supposed to be here preaching and I'm here now. So let me just uh, share with you a part of my week. Excuse me. Um, on Friday, I was uh, spending some time in prayer. And as I was spending some time in prayer, I felt, I just felt convicted. I can't even say it was the Holy Spirit who prompted me. I just felt convicted that this was one of those days where I purposed to pray in the Spirit. So I did. I mean, you know, for those of us who understand what I'm talking about, praying in tongues, I, I, I willed, I, by my will, I just said, I'm going to lift my hands and pray in tongues. Now, let me just tell you, prior to that, I read um, Bettina Weaver's newsletter and Psalm 45. Bettina Weaver's newsletter was laying on my Bible, and my stand was right here, and I uh, just read the newsletter and then put it aside and then started praying Psalm 45. Bettina Weaver is a missionary to um, uh, Myanmar. Uh, formerly known as Burma. She's a, uh, we're, I'm guessing her age to be about 38, whatever. She's a young lady and she has just given her life to the Burmese people, people of Myanmar. And she specializes in uh, working with orphans. And she's even found some favor with the government. But now the problem is, is that the government has changed over. And that, so there was a, an overthrow of the, the democratically elected uh, president and, and cabinet. And, and it was a military coup. And then now there's uprising against the coup. So there's a, a coup against the coup. And uh, so it became so dangerous for her and... And her presence there was even causing more danger for the people she was working with. So these people that she has all this favor with, and she just bought land to build another orphanage. I don't know how many. She'll tell us when she's here in June. She's here the week before Father's Day. She's actually going to be here on what the church used to recognize as Children's Day, the Sunday before Father's Day. Almost no one knows that anymore. So anyway, she'll be here with us and she'll tell us all the statistics about the work that she's doing. So I read her newsletter. It impacted me deeply. I read Psalm 45. It rocked me deeply. And then I decided I'm going to pray. And I went over here and I started to pray in the spirit. And I just lifted my hands and started praying in tongues as I began to do that. It wasn't too long until um, the Holy Spirit, you know, sometimes we start in the flesh, we start in our will. The Holy Spirit just started taking over my prayer. So I was suddenly praying with an authority that I, I, I hadn't had. An authority that, quite frankly, I haven't felt that kind of authority in some time. I remember one time it happening in Russia when we were there. Many miracles happened in that service that night when that kind of authority came over me. But when I started praying in spirit and this authority came on me, then I, I, don't, I can't tell you if I opened my eyes or my eyes were closed. I can't really tell you. 
Uh, I'm just not sure. I started to see, not with, like open vision would be when your eyes are open and you see actually something spiritual. But I started to see in the spirit. And I, I don't know if, if you've ever experienced it where you start to see something in the spirit. Um, it, 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 it's, it's like you can almost see it, but you can't quite. So it's, it's like that God has opened up the spirit realm and you're starting to see something, but, but it's through a glass darkly. <laughs> let's just put it, let's use Paul's phrase, right? You're not really seeing it as clearly as you would like to, but I'm going to tell you something. If you know what I mean, like when you say, I never heard the audible voice of God, but I've heard God be very clear, you know? When he spoke and it was very clear. It's like, okay, so I wasn't seeing it with my open eyes, so it wasn't an open vision, but I started seeing in the spirit and, and um, over in this area, in this part of the sanctuary, I started seeing just through the roof, superimposed over everything that I was seeing, I began to see a sanctuary. And that, by the way, Jeff, I think we measured that to be a 35-foot peak, which is why it's so scary all the way up at the top, you know. So if that's a 35-foot peak, this had to be 135 or, or further. I was seeing a, a square, sort of a medieval-looking uh, temple or, or um, you know, house of worship, with enormous stained glass. I mean, I'm telling you, the stained glass was higher than the ceiling. It just went forever. The the best way I can think of it is the Sistine Chapel would be small compared to what I was seeing. This was just an amazing large sanctuary. And as I was seeing that, of course, I got excited in my spirit. My spirit just began to go like, whoa, you know, like, do they sing songs there? I mean, you know, there was, there was choir lofts, so there was everything. I wasn't seeing the whole building, but I wasn't seeing this whole building. I was seeing something superimposed over the building. And as I began just pondering this and like I was just enraptured and the Spirit began to speak to my heart so deeply and saying uh, what the world has considered to be uh, non-essential, that is the church, God is about to exalt the bride of Christ, which is the, the body of Christ, which is the church. He is about to exalt the church and make it hugely um, impactful in the world again. That's not my wishful thinking. I, honestly, I, uh, to be, it was the furthest thing from my mind when I was thinking about it as this thing began to happen. It was like suddenly God's like, when you have that, oh my God, God, your God moment, it, this was like, oh my God, the church is like your bride. And it's huge. It's immense. It's bigger than anyone could ever possibly imagine. And it's growing in influence. So uh, maybe not in the physical realm yet, but in the spirit realm, the church is beginning to rise. Okay. I thought you'd probably be a little more excited than that. But it was exciting for me anyways. I was a wonderful event. So in Psalm 45, this is kind of the fuel, the rocket fuel that I read. In Psalm 145, verse number one, he says, my heart overflows with a good theme. I address my verses to the king. My tongue is a pen of a ready writer. You are fairer than the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. 
This is the psalmist saying, you know, God, I love you. You're amazing and you're creating something in me. You're stirring something in my spirit to create something. And then he prays this prayer, gird your sword on your thigh, O mighty one, in your splendor and your majesty, and in your majesty ride on victoriously. How many would like to see the church, and well, let me ask it this way, how many like to see the Lord start to ride victoriously on the earth? How many would like to see him ride victoriously through Warmlysburg and start a, a movement right here in Warmlysburg that begins to shake a nation, that begins to shake other nations, that begins to, you know, <clears throat> anyways. Gird your sword on your thigh, O mighty one, in your splendor and your majesty, and in your majesty ride on victoriously for the cause of truth and meekness and righteousness. Let your right hand teach you awesome things. And then, ladies, cover your ears because it gets into something really masculine here. Your arrows are sharp. The peoples fall under you. Your arrows are in the heart of the king's enemies. You know, the guys love that kind of imagery. Let me say it for everybody. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of Uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness. How many of you would love to see someone just to start loving righteousness again? Groups of people start embracing and loving righteousness and hating wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy above your fellows. If you catch what's going on here is the, the, the mighty one, the king, has a son, and his son is being exalted. His son is being honored among the people. Uh, then in verse number nine, king's daughters are among your noble ladies. At your right hand stands the queen. In gold from Ophar. Listen, O daughter, give attention and incline your ear. Now, now, so, so there's this king, and he inspires awe, and the psalmist, with that all in his heart, he's feeling creative, so he wants to write, he wants to create, he wants to proclaim something. His lips become anointed from the anointing of the lips of the one who is speaking in front of him and he's hearing this majesty he's hearing this splendor from this mighty king and this mighty king has his son and 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 the the king is getting ready to honor and exalt his son and then the king has daughters for you who are um not keeping up with me here that would be the church the church is the bride of Christ Jesus would be the son the bride of Christ would be the daughters and he says to them he says listen no daughter give attention and incline your ear forget your people and your father's house then the king will desire your beauty because he is your lord 
bow down to him. Now, I don't want to jump into too much symbolism, but that, that that is an appeal that your father or your mother, as good, as wonderful as they might have been or as horrible as they could have been, your father or your mother is never going to be able to create nobility in you. You need to put that aside and let the king actually bear something or birth something inside of you. You need to be born again. And when you're born again, uh, not just of your father's house, but from uh, the king's heart, then he will desire your beauty because he is your Lord, bow down to him. The daughter of Tyre, which talks about finance, will come with a gift. The rich among the people will seek your favor. The king's daughter is all glorious within. Her clothing is interwoven with gold. She will be led to the king in embroiderment work. The virgins, her companions who follow her, will be brought to you. They will be led forth with gladness and rejoicing. They will enter into the king's palace. And in place of your fathers will be your sons. You shall make them princes in all the earth. I want to speak to the feminine spirit. First of all, God used you to expose the serpent in the garden which is why the serpent hates women. There is anointing on women to expose the serpent. And I have seen this time and time again in pastoral ministries that oftentimes, not always, oftentimes the wives will be sensitive to something that is dangerous for their house long before the men ever get it. Long before they ever They won't be able to put it into words, but they have a sense. There is a serpent in the garden. So, by the way, if you remember, because of Eve's um, act of disobedience, Adam and Eve's act of disobedience, there was a number of things that changed in their world. And one of the things is that they would begin to bear their children in sorrow or in pain. That doesn't mean that now they would suddenly have pain, physical pain, when they had children where before the curse they wouldn't. That's just erroneous. It's not the way the scripture reads at all. Any honest reading of that scripture is saying that you're going to bring your sons and your daughters in this world just like Uh, one of the ladies here said then you look in their face and you look in your face and you have all this hope and dream and plans and desires for them and and you don't know the pain that is ahead for them or for you or the relationships you know it doesn't always go smoothly does anyone know what I'm talking about right now so in pain and in sorrow you're going to bring these children into the world and and so our world has been changed but the point that i want to uh, to, to 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 make right now is that eve when when eve conceived uh cain and then abel and other brothers and sisters it was after the fall 
but she was thrilled because God had worked through her to bring another human into the world. I believe that God wants to bear something in this world through the church that is pure, that is true, that is right, that is lovely, that will change our world. And I believe that God wants to use godly mothers who speak over their children, who pray over their children, who nurture them and who protect them and care for them. I really believe with all my heart that whether you've had children or you've been unable to have children or you decided not to have children or when, there's all kinds of reasons why uh, we have all these different relationships that we have. But I want to just tell you, I want to speak to the feminine spirit that God promised not only would you have sorrow bringing children in this world, but he promised more than that, that you, your heel w would crush the head of the serpent. In other words, you would have a child, you would bear something, you would have a son who would eventually crush the head of the serpent. And it doesn't matter whether you've had children or you're unable to have children or you're long since having children, you know? The thing is that the feminine spirit can birth something in the world to uh, defeat the serpent. That is your, that is your role, that is your that is your destiny. It's your purpose. And if you feel empty and unfulfilled, or even if your arms are empty, I, I just want to say, I, I just, you know, as much as I would love to speak to the masculine spirit, we'll do that, you know, on Father's Day. But today, I just want to speak to the, the, to the feminine spirit, say that, that you, in a very real way, represent sort of this picture in as much as you're a, a wife or a mother with a man with a husband then there is this picture between Christ and his bride the church and there there's a correlation there but I, I I want at least the women who hear me today to say that God has ordained you and created you to birth things in this world that will defeat the enemy yes that's a good word he has is, he is, he is destined you and created you in order to bring into this world something that God can use to destroy the works of the enemy. Would you please stand up with me? I would like to go into this much deeper because there's so many implications in it, but I, I, I want to say that God is one of the needs for, you know, as much as um, John and I and a bunch of our elders, you know, we've talked about the need for family and strengthening family. I'm all about that, by the way. That's not a political statement. That is a spiritual statement. As much as I believe in family and building and nurturing and supporting and encouraging that, I think that we need to think even broader than that. Right now, we are being attacked at the very spirit level so that it's hard to find a true feminine spirit anymore. It's hard to find a true masculine spirit anymore. But I'm telling you that when the spirit of Christ 
attaches itself to a masculine spirit. And when the spirit of Christ attaches itself to a feminine spirit, when those two come together, even if it's not in a marriage, God begins to create things and begins to birth things. He begins to do things. And it's time for us to recognize we're not talking about political things right now that are in upheaval. There is a spiritual component that only the church of Jesus Christ can address. There's a spiritual component to the complexity of the world that we're living in. We're not just becoming hedonists. We're under attack. The adversary of this world is trying to destroy the feminine spirit, is trying to destroy the masculine spirit, and by that, destroy families and destroy a people and a nation and even a people who uh, who uh, agree with and uh, align themselves with God. So I think that it is possible for you and I to present ourselves to the Lord and say, with everything that is inside of me, I refuse to look at my body to try to figure out whether I can birth something any longer. It's, I have to look past my humanness. I have to look past my physicality. I have to look past this thing and look unto Jesus and say, I'm telling you that God is getting ready to exalt his son and he wants to do it in the earth and his son will have a bride and his bride will come and align herself with him. And and God will use even the church to confound the world. <laughs> right. Okay, so, um, but it starts here in these relationships, the relationships we have. So do you tell me, is this a hallmark moment? Heck no, this is, this is a divine moment. Honor your father, honor your mother. It's not just good and so that we could live long. It's because God says, that's how I'll release my blessing in the world. When people know how to honor their father and their mother, or let's say it this way, when people are able to honor and support and encourage the masculine spirit, and they're able to honor and support and encourage the feminine spirit, when we're able to do that, suddenly we have a mixture in which God is able to birth in the world the things that he was desiring to do. Don't use your masculinity. Don't use your femininity just for sexuality. That's not the only purpose. That is only a part. My sexuality is to bond me to the woman that God has given me, to bring us together in oneness. And that bond is what is able to look at your children when they're suffering, when they're sorrowing, when they're sick when they're hurt and when you don't know what to do and your heart is breaking or you're, or you're, or you're just broken because they, they've made choices that you don't agree with. They've made choices that you, you don't like. But it's, 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 been, it's in that moment that Judy and I, for ex- I'll just use myself as an example, Judy and I, the bond that we have, the glue that we have through our, our intimacy that glue causes us to say 
Jesus is Lord. He's still Lord. He's always been Lord. He will always be Lord. He's the one who gave us this church, these children. He's the one who gave us the son. He's the one who gave us the daughter. Okay? So, he's the one who is able to preserve this son. He's the one who is able to preserve this daughter. He's the one who is able to give us children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. He's the one who will give us strength. My heart is broken. Not just because same-sex marriage doesn't produce children. Transgendered people very confused about their identity. My heart is broken because we can't even recognize that there's a masculine spirit and there's a feminine spirit. And they're broken. But the Spirit of Christ can heal it. And when He does what He does through a restored masculine spirit, even if it's by itself, as in not married, but partnered with godly women, maybe their mom, maybe their grandparent, grandmother, maybe their sisters, maybe their sisters in the church. But when the feminine spirit and the masculine spirit to come together, and we honor that and recognize that, there is a powerful release on the earth. I, I want to be done. I want to let you go. We need to actually celebrate with our moms. I really do. But I'm telling you, my spirit is so stirred right now that I don't know how to stop, really. I'm just going to ask if you lift your hands and worship with me because there is something God is trying to do inside these, this room right now and outside as you live stream in. There's something that God wants to do inside of you. There's something that has been very precious that is in danger of being lost. The, the feminine spirit is in danger of being lost. I could tell the ladies in this room how sorry I am about the sexual exploitation of men against you. I could tell you how sorry and repent of how sexual men have treated you and all, and that would be appropriate. But I'm going to tell you there, there's something even deeper, deeper, deeper than that right now that God is trying to, to heal. It's way, it's, it goes right back to you were born to be a little girl with a feminine spirit and that spirit is destined to defeat, to birth something in the world that will defeat the adversary. You're destined to be a warrior right beside your husband. You're destined to be strengthened. You're, you're, not, you're not to be weak. You're not to be you're not to be diminished. You're, you're not supposed to be maligned. You're not supposed to be embarrassed and shamed. You're, you're to be exalted because God wants to raise up the feminine spirit. Hallelujah. So, Father God, I right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, as a man, as a masculine, as a man uh, with a masculine spirit, we release our women to birth. Some of them will be CEOs and they'll birth a turnaround to their corporation. Some of them will plant 
businesses and establish works. Some of them will plant orphanage and hospitals and do extremely amazing things. It doesn't matter what it is, but I release, we release you right now in Jesus' name. We release you to be strong and empowered and aligned not confused, wise and honorable. Having children is one of the most precious gifts that God could give you. May God grant to those who are trying to conceive and unable to conceive. May God just grant to you rest. Just rest. I speak a word of shalom. Just rest. Don't, don't fight it. Don't get frustrated. Just rest in the Lord and let Him grant you a child. And may, when that happens, may you hear the prayer of Eve and hold that child and say I have born a man child or I have born a girl with the help of the Lord Ladies, God's not calling you to serve men. He's calling you to serve Him. I want to say that again. Ladies, God has not call, called you to serve men because He knows we need help. He's not called you to serve men. He's called you to serve Him. And sometimes you'll need a man to fully do it. May God grant husbands that are godly, God-fearing, God-honoring, God-loving, sensitive to your spirit, oh God. Hallelujah. Yes, Father, all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray for that wayward child, that son, that daughter, that grandchild, Lord Jesus. And there's a mom who's carrying a broken heart because not there's unresponsiveness to the things of God or... You could just see the mistakes coming a mile away. Father, I pray right now to call every prodigal home. To call them home in Jesus' name. To call them home in Jesus' name. Okay, I just believe that God has done several things here right now. And I believe that what we're supposed to do is just lift our hands and worship Him. Just thank Him for it. Don't, don't fight for it. Don't contend for it right now. Just receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, we worship you. We magnify you. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. 
My heart overflows with a good theme. I address my verses to the King. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. God, you are fairer than the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you, O Jesus Christ. Gird your sword on your thigh, Almighty One. In your splendor and in your majesty, in your majesty, ride on victoriously. Cause of truth and meekness and righteousness, let your right hand teach you awesome things. Your arrows are sharp, people fall under you. Your arrows are in the heart of the king's enemies. Jesus, you are Lord. Your throne, O oh God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness. A scepter of uprightness is in the is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy above your fellows. Oh my God, we worship you and bless your name. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. 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 Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. We bless you and worship your mighty name, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to, with my praises, I want to jam truth, the truth that Jesus is Lord, down the ear of Satan right now. Hallelujah. With my prayer and my praise. 